time that we smoke. If you're looking for a girl that'll treat you right. If you're looking for in the daytime with the light. You might be the type if I play my cards right. I'll find out by the end of the night. You expect me to just let you hear. Hello, 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 everybody. And welcome back to season two of Mixed Doubles. Woo! All right, yeah, we are back with uh, everyone's favorite sport, TV, movie. I don't know. We just talk about anything on this show kind of show, all right? <laughs> um, I'm here with my, uh, my name is Blaze Fields, and I'm here with my co-host, Abigail Klapatowskis, as always. Um, if you don't know the show, this is a, a fun little variety show where we talk a lot about sports. It's mainly sports. This oh, is a sports, sports show, but we like to we like to mix it up, have a little bit of fun, and uh, in spite of the fact that we are named mixed doubles, uh, we don't we don't really talk about tennis. We uh, we have to talk about tennis at least once a show, or else I'm pretty sure we'll get sued by the king of tennis, whoever that may be. Um, but you know, we don't actually know that much about tennis. So <laughs> here's the thing: we're both stratcom majors here at Mizzou. We we care a lot about our branding, right? And mixed doubles, you get the pun. Uh, so we have to throw in a little obligatory tennis topic to appease the branding gods, but Bef- before we do that, let's uh, before we do that, <laughs> let's talk about break. Let's talk about break, Abigail. Um, Absolutely. You know, I, I see you've got I see you've got a little bit of an icebreaker. I feel like this would be good not only for our new Wednesday at two p.m. audience, um, but also to you know see how our break went. Absolutely, it is syllabus week here on campus, and so I feel like I've started the sentence a lot recently, but I guess I'll begin. Hi, my name is Abigail, and I am a sophomore journalism student from Dubuque, Iowa. I like sports, love football, big Packers fan, love college basketball, like running, I like basketball, yeah, that's that's about it. My favorite color is blue, and I'm still upset that the Packers aren't in the playoffs. Yeah, that is very sad. Kind of, it's kind of karma for Aaron Rodgers acting like a tool for the past two years, but it happens. Um, hi, my name is Blaze, and I'm a sophomore student at the University of Missouri. It's Stratcom major. I like Jeopardy. Um, I like the game Monopoly. I like to do puzzles. If I sound like your seven-year-old grandfather, then I think we'd be pretty good friends. Actually, you should you should introduce me to him. <laughs> uh, we're. Uh, Anyway, uh, do you, Abigail, do you want to play a game of finish the sentence? Absolutely. That just gave you a nice little look into how awkward syllabus week uh, it really, are. It really so is. It's on. awful. <laughs> um, all right, finish the sentence, Abigail. Winter break was? I would say it was rejuvenating. I had Ooh, a, lovely, rejuvenating. a lovely winter break. Lots of time spent with family. Lots of walks. Uh, lots of just sunshine and movies and lazy afternoons. And I got to take my dog Piper on a lot of walks. Shout out Piper. I don't know if Piper's a fan of the show, but if she is, hope she's listening. So yeah, rejuvenating. Right. Um, I think 2023 will be blank. I think 2023 will be epic. Epic. Interesting. I'm going to go with, uh, I think mine's going to be, it's uh, it's going to be a continuation oh. because fall semester was, was, was bopping. It was pretty fun. So hopefully the momentum keeps rolling here. And being a Mizzou fan is blank. It's a roller coaster. It really is. It's not a fun roller coaster. It's like the roller coaster where you're like holding on for dear life and you're like, I'm afraid that like a bolt's going to come out of this and we're all going to like crash and die. But, you know, it's fun. What kind of roller coasters are you on? Okay, if you've ever, you know, it's like a boardwalk roller coaster, you know? Oh, like the old wooden Like the old, yeah, and it's like, you're like, oh, if I was like two inches taller, my head would have fallen off, but hey. True, but (laughs) it's exciting, and there's that moment where it's exhilarating when you're at the top. 
All right. Well, speaking of the Mizzou Tigers, um, we've got a fun, fun, fun basketball game coming up against the uh, our, our biggest SEC rivals, the Arkansas Razorbacks, tonight at 8 p.m. You can tune into that on KCOU 88.1 FM. But, you know, you can always go to the game as well, too. Love to see a packed student section as well. But Another sold-out game at Mizzou Arena. Can we talk about how exciting it is week after week for this Missouri fan base to show up and show out? I mean, hey, whenever you get ranked in the top 25, you start turning heads. And we play a very, very fun brand of basketball. But that fun brand of basketball did not succeed against Arkansas last time in Walton Stadium down in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Uh, We lost 74-268. Abigail... You know, it seemed like we lost our three-point shooting. We lost our defensive spark in the second half. And my my question to you, Abigail, is what what do we have to do differently to beat this uh, this Razorbacks team? Yeah, you p- pin the nail on the head right there. That's not the phrase, but we're going to go with it. Uh, when I was watching this game at home back in Iowa, the first half, at one point, the Missouri Tigers had about a 17-point lead, and then they uh, the Piggies came back a little bit to close out the half. But there was this... There's this excitement on defense. The defense really exhilarated their offense. And Missouri was all over the court. They were closing out. Gamillion was having an amazing first half. Noah Carter had grabbed a lot of boards. They were literally like, it looked like an a, like an eighth grade scrappy basketball team that was playing their crosstown rivals. And the energy was crazy, like truly ridiculous. And I knew watching the game, okay, they can't keep up that defense all throughout the game. Or maybe they can. Hopefully they can, especially tonight. But the way they were closing out and just refusing Arkansas any of its looks. And then in the second half, so the first half, you get that on defense. And I always think that defense motivates offense. And their offense, they were 44% shooting from the three-point line, which is, in, which is really good. And the second half, they come out. They look lethargic. They're no longer closing out. They allowed Arkansas to start shooting again. They just kind of – it looked like they had lost any sense of direction – And then their offense drops off, and they start shooting 20% from the three-point line. 20%. That's really bad. So I would like to see them put together a full two halves, keep that intensity up, and keep closing out and forcing Arkansas to drive, because that seemed to be Arkansas's weak spot. And I think that's this recipe of success to beat the Piggies. I agree. It kind of feels like that that three-point slump you mentioned in the second half is kind of carried through the Tigers' past three games. Absolutely. They only shot 38% against Vandy, which is solid, which is solid, but it is it is a little bit less than what we were averaging. Uh, 22% against A&M, and then an absolutely awful 16% against Florida. And it kind of feels like that three-point shooting that we were very, very much relying on has, has gone away a little bit. But this is an Arkansas team which... Over like the past three games Arkansas has played, opponents are shooting 44%. You have to take what they give you, and you got to get out of this slump as we head into a really tough SEC schedule. Um, Abigail, are you concerned, speaking of the losses at Texas A&M and Florida, are you concerned by those losses? Yes and no. I will say I'm not as concerned as the Missouri fans on Twitter who were all up in arms and, ah, oh, this is ridiculous, and this is the beginning of the end. No, they're strong SEC opponents, and both of those losses were on the road. What I'm concerned by is the pattern they point to in that Missouri is such a hot or cold team. When they are on, they're electric, they're averaging, when they're on, they're averaging, you know, upper 80 points per game. 
when they're off, they lose all momentum and they also lose lose the ability to readjust. That reacclimation seems yeah. to be missing, and they don't drive to the paint. That's what's concerning about those losses is when their their shots stopped falling, they just stopped they just stopped shooting and they stopped trying to do anything else on the court. Yeah, and this is a very good a very good transition team on offense and a not very good transition team on defense. Yeah. And so whenever whenever they're whenever they're not scoring and they're not getting set defensively, then it just creates open buckets. And whenever it creates open buckets, they can't get back into transition on offense. And it's just this horrible, horrible cycle. Um, so, you know, I'm like I said, I'm not, I'm not too concerned about Texas A&M and Florida. I'm a bit concerned because the, the offense is feast or famine. And I'm afraid that, you know, without a, a number of consistency here, you know, if we get to the tournament, you got to win. You got to win four or five games in a row to be a national champion against really tough opponents. I don't think Mizzou can keep up that consistency, and I would just hate to see a first round exit to a team that doesn't deserve the win because our office, our offense wasn't on that night. Speaking of great offense, though, we're playing number four Alabama coming up very, very soon. Bama is on a seven-game win streak and really is rolling. The freshmen are playing like veterans. Brandon Miller. Great forward, averaging 20 points per game. He's had four double-doubles on the season. And the big stat to note here, they hold opponents to 27% from three. That's a huge issue for the Tigers. Abigail, real quick, do you think we have a chance at upsetting one of the top four teams in the nation? We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> Speaking of we'll see, uh, we got we got a lot to see about this Mizzou women's team. They're kind of on the struggle bus right now. Um, it, it's it's definitely looked very rough as we've gotten into conference play. Abigail, what are your impressions on the uh, Mizzou women's team as we head into this conference schedule? They had a really strong start, beat Auburn, beat Kentucky, lost a tough game to LSU and lost just lost to South Carolina after kind of miraculously beating them last season. Am I upset about their losses to LSU and South Carolina? No. Both teams are in the top 10 nationally. Both are shooting lights out from the three-point line. The problem is they are such a slow burn offense. They come alive in the third. They are a third quarter elite team and a very Struggle bus is the word I'm going to keep throwing out in the first half. They just take a long time to preheat. And when looking ahead at SEC play, you have to start a little bit faster. you yeah. got to get the shots falling early on. And what's concerning me is Hanson and Troop and Frank are struggling to get those shots falling. And usually Hanson and Troop are the two that pull their teams out. And right now, while they're still putting up some of the highest numbers for their teams and about Bailey is playing well as well. They're not playing to the caliber that we saw a little bit last season and they're struggling to rebound for their overall offense. It's, it's not looking great. Yeah. And I kind of want to point to uh Pinchton said at the end of the South Carolina game, she said with South Carolina, you just bring a seven, six, seven kid off the bench. You know, we've just got a battle and it's kind of like coach there's athletic you know, freaks of nature all over the SEC. This is a highly recruited con, you know, a highly recruited conference. How about we get a six, seven player in recruiting? How about we get like more athletic players in recruiting? You know, she is in charge of the roster and it kind of feels like, you know, this is sort of a retooling year, but the roster hasn't exactly inspired a lot of hope in terms of being one of the top contenders. Is she on the hot seat? 
I don't think so. I don't think she's on the hot seat because the program as a whole is so admirable. She treats her players exceptionally well. They speak yeah. very highly of her. She's extremely well-respected in the league, as just as a coach in general, has a strong history. And they are a strong program that does always well enough. I think come two or three years down the line, she will be in the hot seat if she st- continues to fail to recruit older players. That's yeah. the problem I think we're struggling. Yeah, they have a lot of younger recruits coming in out of high school, but in women's college basketball, you have to look at those juniors and seniors and even grad transfers. Yeah, we had Caitlin Gilbert this year. She's definitely has some potential and is definitely getting more confident with the Missouri offense. But looking at rebuilding to the Sophie Cunningham era, you need an upper-class veteran to come to the roster rather than leaving, as you yeah. saw with Asia Blackwell and with Asia Williams and Kyra Dora. Like, it feels like the really p- talent that has a lot of potential is leaving rather than staying. I agree. Coming. This feels like this definitely feels like a retooling year, and you know we kind of saw the collapse last year that was really heartbreaking to watch. I feel like the seat, yeah, shouldn't be hot yet, but it it's warming the, up. The temperature's starting to rise there. But we've got, you know, we don't have just basketball going on on this campus. We've got a lot of other great, great sports and a lot where we're having some great success. Gymnastics, gymnastics, ranked number 12. They're off to a great start. They're 2-0, 1-0 in SEC play. They just had a win versus Georgia. Yeah, they're 2-0. They're 2-0. Those are top 25 teams that they just beat, by the way. With the last, you know, they've got a ranked game coming up against LSU, and I think that after that LSU game, if we beat them, we've got a great chance at running the schedule or, you know, running the table during the schedule because there are some very, very easy opponents. Lindenwood. Um, Who? I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. I, I, think that, I think that they've got a great chance. and they, They're, they're going to make some tournament noise. I'm very excited to see what we got going on here. And then Wait, one more thing. Sorry. They were so fun to watch last year. And as a Missouri fan, speaking as a Missouri fan here, not a journalist, I wish I would have caught on earlier. And I was really excited when they started getting an NCAA championship. So don't make the same mistake I did. This year, I'm definitely following along more. They're going to be back home Friday, February 3rd versus Kentucky. I've never been to a gymnastics meet before. I'm really excited to go. So... <laughs> They're Hop third on the in nation for the beam. I know. I'm everyone else listening is gonna be like, yeah, we know we are gymnastic school. I didn't know that, so I'm very excited. All right, and then finally, even a, a top ten team what? on Mizzou's campus. What? You're joking. Well, it's no way. It's Big Twelve, not SEC. You know, Missouri belongs in the Big Twelve. Well, well yeah, that's true. But a number ten team in the nation what? on this campus. You're joking. No way. Hey, don't forget I'm not about joking. our frisbee golf team. Oh, that's true. But our wrestling team? Also impressive. <laughs> balling out. They're having a great season so far. Oh, man. They're going to be facing Oklahoma on February 3rd. They're 5-0 and in the Big 12. That's right, the Big 12. Man, Keegan O'Toole, the baddest man on the planet. The freshmen look great. How could how could you not be excited, Abigail? How could you not be excited? I, I am excited. They're back home versus Iowa State, my Cyclones, on February 15th. We, we, as in Missouri, came so close to defeating the Cyclones last season. Hopefully they're back with revenge this season. Great season so far. So two teams that, you know, everyone's talking about. I, I think we have to, re, you know, revise our earlier comments about Missouri being a roller coaster fan. If you're a fan of the gymnastics or wrestling teams, you're not on a roller coaster. You're going straight up to the top. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It feels like the highest of highs for our athletics are coming from the sports that a lot of people don't normally pay attention to, but hey, wrestling. Pay attention. Pay attention. Gymnastics, pay attention. And folks, 
You guys keep paying attention. We're going to head to our first break, and we're going to be back to talk for a, a lengthy while about the wild, wild NFL playoffs. It's going to get exciting, folks. Keep it here. The shocking statistics are that one in five people in Boone County lives in poverty. Even worse, approximately 250 Columbia children are homeless. The Heart of Missouri United Way fights for solutions to improve lives by supporting 33 local organizations that strengthen the health, education, basic needs, and financial stability of our community. Join the fight today and live united by making your gift at uwheartmo.org slash donate. Do you like helping people? Do you think that sexual health education is important at Mizzou? Do you want to grow as an individual? Yeah, Lisa, that's definitely me. You need to apply to Sexual Health Advocate Peer Education, SHAPE. SHAPE is saving the world one barrier method at a time. Their peer educators give presentations all over campus in the Columbia area on topics ranging from abstinence and healthy relationships to anatomy, STIs, and barrier methods. How do I apply? Just Google Shape Mizzou. You can go to studenthealth.missouri.edu and apply online. Wow, thank you so much, Lisa. I want to be a shape here. Playing the old. And the new. Beautiful morning. You're the sun of my morning, KCAU-FM, Columbia. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Mixed Doubles on KCOU 88.1 FM. That was Sugar We're Going Down by Fall Out Boy. And I bet you didn't know this, Abigail, but Fall Out Boy just came out with a song literally today. So I did not know that. They're back. They're back in the stew. They uh, they re-signed with their former record label, uh, Hooked on Hooked on Ramen. And they're uh they're <laughs> Of course that's the name of the record. Uh, yeah, it's uh they're I think that's I could think, say anything. I think and I that's would the. Along. I think that's the record label. Anyway, that's the one they they had whenever they're making all the the angsty sort of like you emo, know pop pop emo punk like kind of music that I really really enjoyed before they before they sold out and went like really mainstream and stuff. Oh, <laughs> yeah, dude. But anyway, we're not talking about Fall Out Boy. This isn't a music show. Although we could talk about it. Let's not. Let's not though, because um, I'd probably expose myself. <laughs> that's about as a, all I can say yeah. about Fall Out Boy. Um. We're going to be talking about Wild Card Weekend. It was super Wild Card Weekend in the NFL because they've decided to call it super. It makes it more exciting. It makes it more exciting, you know? Although they, it, they like, lost the opportunity for a really cool alliteration. It should have been, like, Wonderful Wild Card Weekend or Wacky Wild Card. Wacky Wild Card Weekend? Yeah. It was wacky, wasn't it? I mean, it was. Trevor w- Lawrence winning? What? I mean, it was wacky, wacky but I would never <laughs> want to describe a sporting event as wacky. <laughs> That's a great way to get viewership. Yeah, we're wacky. It's the NFL. We're they wacky. They yeah. But anyway. <laughs> speaking of Trevor Lawrence, um, you put the question down, is Trevor Lawrence good? I would argue he's already good, but that was an incredible performance by Trevor Lawrence. After throwing four interceptions, he turns it around, throws four touchdowns, looks basically unstoppable against the Chargers. Abigail, did you first of all, did you watch the game? I watched the last five minutes. <laughs> oh, man. Well, Listen, this is so bad. We, My roommates and I were hanging out. We were watching a movie, eating brownies, and... 
my roommate Ella and I, you know, both big football fans, definitely were like, ah, the Chargers have it. Plus, we don't get the NBC on our cable. So we had we were like refreshing it, whatever, you know, you don't get NBC. Mm-hmm. And then like the last five minutes, I checked my phone. I'm like, what in the world? So then we we turned it on our phone and we watched Inter- the last five Very, minutes. very interesting. Sorry, well, you did so not anyway, care. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> anyway, Trevor Lawrence, what do you think? Is being four is throwing four touchdowns and four interceptions good? Yes, if you if, is <laughs> ending a playoff game with a passer rating of seventy good. Hey, he had like in a, any other game would we call that good? He had almost a perfect passer rating in the second half. You can and it's his first it's his first playoff first. game. It's his first playoff game. Nobody expected the Jaguars to be here. Now he's leading him into the divisional round. That's crazy. The kid's only twenty three years old. This is crazy. That so, is crazy. Is it is it that he is good or Doug Peterson's coaching is just so phenomenal? I think that uh, Urban Meyer's coaching is so unbelievably bad that it makes uh, Doug Peterson look like the greatest coach of all time when the answer is truly somewhere in the middle. I disagree, but anyway, we'll move on. Uh, does the does the Bills' near loss make you lose confidence in them? Yeah, I think Cincinnati takes them. Josh really? Allen looks a little bit shaky. I. Well, Cincinnati's near loss makes me lose even more confidence in them. They almost lost to the Ravens without Lamar Jackson. Without Lamar Jackson, <laughs> the rough. Ravens roster, the Ravens roster isn't exactly good already. And yeah. now, it, like the Dolphins roster, they had Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill. They've got you know uh, Xavier Howard back there. Like they've got a lot of great players. The Ravens. I will say Miami was definitely underrated throughout the entire season. I did not think that that was going to be a blowout game from the start, like some people were predicting. Um, but I, but the way the Bills kept it close when they didn't have to was was a little bit nerve wracking. Yeah, I think both teams looked awful. So, hey, yeah. good for the Chiefs. Um, is Daniel Jones' consistency enough to make him a star power threat, Abigail? Yes, I really. Where is the where is the hype for Daniel Jones, including they, myself? I didn't mention his name once before playoff season. Yeah, he's. Doing really well. He's doing incredibly well. And for a guy who people were like, yeah, he might be out of the league next year if he doesn't show up, he showed up. He is proving to be like a low-key, dual-threat quarterback. He is very, very good at running the ball. And in an offense with Saquon Barkley back there as well, I mean, they're turning into a running powerhouse. Yeah. And he's very consistent and he's very accurate. And he does not have very many interceptions on the in the regular season through for 15 touchdowns, only five interceptions. Yeah, and you might... 67% completion rate. I mean, that's really good. Yeah, he's, he's very efficient, and that's something that's hard to get out of a lot of quarterbacks. And he's smart, and he's patient. That's why he... That's, patience is the key to having an accurate quarterback, knowing that that was receiver is going to run that route, and they are going to be in that spot if I can hold on to this ball one more second. And that's the sign of a veteran quarterback versus Trevor Lawrence. Both are good. Trevor Lawrence still needs to learn how to settle a little bit. He gets a little bit excited versus you can see that Daniel Jones has played in the league. He's trained under the Manning of that era, and he knows how to wait a second. Which then, to me, segues into the NFC playoffs and my upset pick, which is, in fact, the Giants potentially beating the Eagles. I think that all of these games are chalkier than a malt shake. You know, oh I think goodness. I think a lot of these games are going to end up the higher seed is going to win. But yeah. in my opinion, Giants Eagles has the best chance of an upset happening because Wink Martindale and this Giants defense have done very very good at preparing for this game. They had two games against the Eagles 
And in that the first game, it was hard to stop the Eagles. I think they went for 48 points, and it was uh, it was a blowout. But in that second game, they held them to 16 points. Yeah, under 20. Under under 20 points. Um, Jalen Hurts had no touchdowns. He had an interception and under 15 yards rushing. This is from a guy who was one of the MVP favorites late in the season. I'm kind of worried about Jalen Hurts. He's played one game in the past like four weeks. He's got a hurt throwing shoulder. I mean, everybody's like, oh, his shoulder's fine. But I mean, hey, I guess we'll see once he actually gets out there. But he did not look good against the Giants. And this Giants defense showed against the Minnesota Vikings that they are legit. And with Daniel Jones coming into his own and becoming a top 10 quarterback right before our very eyes, it's going to be a scary game for the Eagles. I think ultimately the Eagles are probably going to pull it out. They've got a very, very good defense. But don't be surprised if this isn't the blowout that everybody thinks it's going to be. Absolutely. I was clicking quick just to pull up his name. I want to make sure I get it right because I saw him just becoming such a player in the last game. Dexter Lawrence on their oh, defensive line. Yeah, Dexter Lawrence was insane. He's going to be the biggest threat against... Jalen Hurts? Jalen Hurts, thank you. His yeah, yeah. And you've, you, Especially Jalen Hurts coming off an injury. Everyone's saying, yeah, he's fit to play. Being fit to play and being mobile enough in the playoffs to run that extra seven yards for a third down conversion are two very different things, especially when you're facing Dexter Lawrence. Every single time he lined up, I was like, wow, that, that guy has moves. Yeah, and Jason Kelsey, he's going to have a lot on his plate trying to go up against Dexter Lawrence, all right? I would not be surprised if it's one of those games – where, you know, Jason Kelsey's age starts to show yeah. and Dexter Lawrence gets in there, the big guy. And his ability guy. to evade tackles. He's a huge guy and the f- his spin moves looked like a basketballer. I was like, this yeah. is crazy. It's a, it's, a, it's a pass rush that is very much going to test the Eagles. And I think if, yeah. if the Eagles win this game, they're legit. They're going to the Super Bowl. I think they're legit either way. I think they're legit either way. I just think that... I think that the Giants I just are think certainly that, legit. If I think they win that this the Giants. I'm going to be honest here. I think the Giants are the biggest threat to the Eagles making a Super Bowl. I legitimately think that. I totally agree with you. Certainly not the Cowboys. Cer- yeah, certainly not the Cowboys. So speaking of those Cowboys, we've got a very, very interesting quarterback matchup, and that is Dak Prescott, America's team's quarterback, versus Mister Irrelevant. I love Mister Irrelevant. Brock. Purdy, the Iowa State product, the guy nobody saw coming. Abigail, can Brock Purdy get it done? I think he can. I honestly think he can. Their offense looks so good right now, and their ability to pass the long game, and his he plays unafraid. He does not play like a 23-year-old rookie who didn't start on the season. <laughs> he has just an agility about him that any a Cyclone fan knows and recognizes from his earlier days at Iowa State. I had the pleasure of watching him many, many games. Um, the one thing about Brock Purdy that, and I might sound like a cynic, but I am an Iowa State fan, and I've watched a lot of reels of him playing, is when he gets excited, sometimes he clicks into this really poor decision-making at very critical moments. I can point to a lot of games at the Cyclones' fourth quarter, and it was like, oh my gosh, why did you throw that ball? And now we have not seen that much at all, at all. And we definitely not see it in his first playoff game, and that's kind of what I thought might trigger that um, mentality. That would be the only thing that would force him to struggle against Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott, definitely the veteran, has a lot more 
uh, experience in those you know two-minute drills. Should this come down to a two-minute drill in the fourth quarter, I think I'd take Dak Prescott. Otherwise, I think Purdy all the way. Yeah, I, for me, this is how I feel about Brock Purdy. Two things can be true here. Brock Purdy is doing a good job, but the 49ers could have anybody at quarterback and win, in my opinion. They are the most true. quarterback-proof team I have ever seen. I mean, I'm thinking back to the 2002 Bucks and like the 2000 Ravens with Trent Dilfer kind of kind of vibes where you've got a solid quarterback who can make the throws, but he's got a top O-line, he's got top receivers, he's got a top running back, he's got a top defense. He is the weakest link in this team. Which is the best way for that team to which, be. Yeah, which is awesome. If the weakest link is your quarterback, you're either going to be the worst team in football or you're going to be very, very good, and the Niners are very, very good. Purdy makes the reads that he has to, and he makes really, really good throws. But like I said, it, it, it's it's almost too easy for him. His expected completion percentage. We're gonna go. We're gonna go next gen stats here. Whoa. His expected completion percentage is seventy percent. His completion percentage sixty seven. He is one of two quarterbacks in the NFL who has a completion expected like a plus minus expected completion percentage that's like negative two percent. Wow. The other quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo. Wow. Isn't that crazy? That folks? is crazy. I you throw it up and you know that any one of his receivers is going to come down with it. Exactly. And Less he made, because he's an accurate thrower more because they're better catchers. He made he ma- He's made a couple good throws, but there are some throws that receivers have come down with where it's like, yikes. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Those are the throws that at Iowa State, although he had pretty strong targets at Iowa State, too. I yeah. mean, that was a very, very yeah. strong graduating class. Those are the kinds of passes that might put them in jeopardy should this come down to it, which I see it being a... A very, very close matchup, especially I, with the, de- the I don't Cowboys think, defense. I don't think the Cowboys are going to be the team to do it to the 49ers. I, I just don't think that – I think their offense is going to get frazzled by the 49ers defense because the 49ers defense is the best defense in football. But I think that come the NFC Championship, Brock Purdy is going to play one of those defenses that's going to scheme to where they're going to bring pressure – they're going to eliminate the middle of the field, and Brock Purdy's going to have to make some sideline throws that are very tough. And that's when we're going to see the facade start to crack of Mr. Wonderboy, you know, Whoa, the prodigal son. I don't know about if, uh, this is the thing with that narrative. The facade was put on him. Oh, yeah, I know. Everyone's calling him Mr. Irrelevant. He just showed up. He I mean, just said, that, that's true. all right, cool, let me start passing the ball. Oh, look, I'm a really good quarterback. What I mean, y'all talk that, about? That's true. That's true. I'm just saying the hype, this hype narrative around Brock Purdy is going to start to crack at some point because there's a reason why he is Mr. Irrelevant, and I think that's going to be shown when his arm strength is tested and his ability to make those pinpoint throws down the field that you have to make in those playoff games, you know, if... If the Eagles, they've got a great run defense. They take away the run game. They take away the middle of the field, and Brock Purdy has to make these sideline split-second decisions. It's going to be hard. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, absolutely. However, he's good on scramble. He is a good he is a scramble very, he's quarterback. He's a very good score, scramble quarterback. He's just fun to watch. All right, well, anyway, for our, for our listeners at home, don't scramble for that dial because we'll be back. In a couple seconds. This is Mixed Doubles on KCOU 88.1 FM. We'll be digging into the AFC playoffs right after this. Young people from all walks of life have volunteered to take part in a frightening experiment. They are allowing their brains to be altered. Altered to induce paranoia, heart malfunction, memory loss, even early senility. Unfortunately, 
This is not an experiment. It's what slowly happens to you when you keep smoking pot. No one has to alter your brain. You've already volunteered to do it to yourself. Culture, KCOU, society, KCOU, you, me, togetherness, equality, eternity, KCOU, deep space, travel and leisure, KCOU, magazine subscription, ends eventually. Just as all of us KKKKKCOU88.1 FM Columbia, Missouri. Eighty-eight point one FM KCOU. We do what we can. Uh huh. Uh huh. Rihanna. Uh huh. Good girl going bad. Uh huh. Take three. Action. Uh huh. No clouds in my stones. You know we had to go Rihanna because she is, in fact, going to be the Super Bowl halftime performer. But before we get into what we think is going to happen during that halftime performance, we have to talk about the AFC playoffs. The playoffs that I'm most excited for because, in my opinion, you've got the three best teams all lined up in a row in the NFL. And that is the Chiefs, the Bills, the Bengals, and the upstart Jaguars are making some noise, too. So let's just get right into it. Chiefs versus Jaguars. In week 10, we saw Mahomes throw for four touchdowns while Trevor Lawrence was sacked five times. You might think to yourself, man, that sounds like a blowout. But it was actually a pretty, pretty close game. So, Abigail, can the Jaguars turn the tides against this Chiefs team? No, I don't think the Jags win this game. Just like in week 10 when it was a close game, and the Chiefs have had that all season long. They are an electric, magical, fun, insert any adjective there, team. But they have played a lot of games closer than I think you and a lot of other Chiefs fans would like to see against teams that they probably should have blown out. But their missing piece that the Jags don't have is Patrick Mahomes, who in the fourth quarter, especially in playoff season, is not going to lose. I don't see, I don't see them crumbling to the point where they lose against the Jaguars. What about you? Yeah, I, I think the Jags, I think the Jags stand a chance. I think the Jags really? stand a chance. You know, it was a, like it put was a percentage a, on it. Ten. Okay. <laughs> hey, that's better. Sure, that's better than that. zero. All right. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. You know, it's so the the Jags lost to the Chiefs twenty seven to seventeen, and I this this Jags team that's when the red hottedness started getting like started really starting to pick up whenever they when played they the Chiefs to. that close. Yeah. Doug Peterson, he's a great coach. Trayvon Walker, the Jags D line, they've been clicking, and T Law has been playing great football. But here's the deal. The Chiefs are not going to give you an opportunity to come back down 27. They're not going to throw the ball 40 times in the or 27 times in the second half when all you have to do is run out the clock like Brandon Staley did, right? They're not going to make those mistakes. They don't have Brandon Staley at the coaching <laughs> the, the Jags are going to have to play near perfect football, but the Chiefs they're they're an interesting they're a very interesting team because they've lost to teams that they shouldn't have lost to. You know, they've they've blown games against the Bills and the Bengals. They really blew a game against the Colts earlier in the season. I wouldn't be surprised if the Chiefs go into this a little bit too confident and they lose. You know, I mean, we're already selling tickets for this Chiefs Bills AFC championship game. I'm in the pre-sale for it, you know, in it, you know, this Atlanta game, which that'd be pretty cool if I could, you know, go to Atlanta and watch a playoff. Are we sure game. It's gonna be the Bills though. Well, but yeah. well, well if the Jags, Jags are fourteenth in rushing offense 
have strong attack there. That would allow Trevor Lawrence some time to settle down. Chiefs have a good rush defense, but not the best, and there's definitely some holes there. I, I think the I think, if they play the run game, I think they might stand a chance in the first quarter. I think the weakness here is is definitely the Jags' pass defense, and don't, that's yeah, and that's that's the Patrick thing you don't want. That's the thing you don't want to be weakest in whenever you play the Chiefs. So overall, they're 24th in the league in defense. That's not great. Yeah, and to me, this was the matchup I most wanted to see. I really didn't want to face the Chargers, considering how close they've played us both times we've we've played the Chargers. This was a matchup that I was that I'm pretty lukewarm about. I think that this will be your classic Pat Mahomes throws for three touchdowns, maybe makes a crazy play that gets inserted in his 15 bajillion minute career highlight reel. But you know, like I said, don't count them out. But Never <laughs> count them out. Their slogan this year has always been the Jags. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see how long it lasts. We'll see how long it lasts. Well, anyway, we better get to the uh, the other big... This is the matchup I'm most excited for. The Bills and the Bengals. Due to unfortunate circumstances, they didn't really get a chance to play each other. They got about eight minutes of the first quarter. And I was so unbelievably... Obviously, it was a horrible circumstance. And also, that game was probably one of the most hyped games of the year and for good reason it was I think it was one of the most highly viewed NFL games before the DeMar Hamlin injury happened because of the hype surrounding these two teams they are both young upstart teams led by the youngest freshest quarterbacks in the league and they both looked really bad against their wildcard teams yeah but you know, between both of these, trying to parse out these two really, really disappointing performances, who looked, Who do you think looks better out of the two? Who's going to come out on top? I'm taking the Bengals. I think the Bengals pull us out over the Bills. I like their offense right now and their cohesiveness. I, The Bills still look frazzled to me. Now, whether or not that's related to DeMar Hamlin, I think a little bit. But also looking at the Bills' past schedule, just the last couple of the games of the season, they definitely don't look invincible. Josh Allen looks a little bit shaky. His receivers are – there just looks to be a lot of confusion on the offense. They're struggling to find their routes. Now, are they still super impressive, and I think they could take it all the way in and win the Super Bowl? Sure. Up against Cincinnati, I kind of am feeling Cincinnati. Just off, you know, vibes. Also, here's the other reason. The Buffalo Bills beat the Miami Dolphins 34-31, and the Miami Dolphins were playing Skylar Thompson (laughs) for their quarterback, who ended with a 44% passer. No, 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 sorry. 22% passer quarterback rating. QB rating of 22.6%. That's terrible. Absolutely terrible. And somehow their defense still allowed them to score 31 points. I mean, that's really, really bad. I don't trust their defense up against, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like Joe, what's the name? Joe, his nickname? Joe Cool? Joe Cool. Joe Cool? (laughs) I feel like he's feeling a little cooler right now. Oh, okay. We'll see. What about you? The the Bengals barely beat the Ravens. Barely beat the Ravens. Okay, so they both barely beat two bad teams. Yeah, the Ravens, if it weren't for that, like, fumble into a touchdown probably would have won that game and we would be talking about the Chiefs and the Ravens and the the Bills versus the Jags right now if like if this just random QB sneak failed which normally a QB sneak does not fail you know i to me 
it comes down to three people, and those three people will be sitting on the sideline. I'm talking about Lyle Collins, Alex Kappa, Ted Karras. We're talking about three big offensive linemen for this Bengals team. They went out in successive weeks, and you've got on the other side of the ball, Matt Milano, Tremaine Edmonds, Ed Oliver, Shaq Lawson. These guys are going to fly through that O-line like it's a slice of Swiss cheese. And I think that Joe Burrow, he just isn't as mobile as he used to be because, I mean, he's he's mobile, but not like he was in college. And I think he's going to struggle against this Bills rush attack, you know. Isn't that kind of a full circle moment with their O-line just, and clearly, again, nothing the Bengals could have done to prevent this and just kind of tragic those three injuries. But at the beginning of our podcast, like very beginning, back in August, we were talking about the Bengals who dropped their opening game and looked terrible. And we were saying after they spent the offseason, you know, really investing in this offensive line and they're going to come back kind of the Super Bowl underdogs to take the championship. They're going to come back now and be even fiercer, and they're going to have all this investment in the O-line. And now at the end of the season, that's what's plaguing them the most. Yeah. That's and where it, they're most vulnerable. It, it plagued them early season, too. Because yeah, it that, has kind of plagued them the, on the, both bookends. The O-line, the O-line did not have a very, very – like they didn't have a lot of chemistry yeah. the early season. And so it led to Joe Burrow getting sacked a lot. And once they put it together, that's when you saw the Bengals become this yeah. team that's like, man – they're really, really scary. And now the O-line's gone. And to me, that's just the big thing. You know, that's the thing. And it's the reason why people were like, oh, you shouldn't draft Jamar Chase. You got to draft an offensive line. And they draft, you know, they drafted Jamar Chase, you know, early, I you think know, they need last Jamar year. Chase or they wouldn't be Oh, here, of course. Of they course. Of course. But that's, Chase, that's the but reason. Yes. That's the reason why those comments were made, though, because this offensive line is very, very important to a guy like Joe Burrow. And it's not there right now. And I think that's why the Bengals are going to lose to the Bills. I, I, I think that, you know, if if the Bengals are able to force Josh Allen into making those big throws, he hasn't looked very, very good with his deep ball accuracy as of recently. He I, looks shaky. That's just the yeah. word I keep coming back to. Yeah. I, Allen can make the big plays, but a fair amount of them turned into interceptions. The 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 Bills offensive coordinator, his name escapes me right now, but he had a horrible game plan for that for that second half against the Dolphins, and that's what sort of let them back into the game. I mean, also, you know, the defense kind of floundering as well. But, yeah. you know, I, I just think that out of the two, the Bills are going to win the battle in the trenches, and I think that's what's going to decide the game, folks. So, you know, whenever whenever you're watching football, you know, the offensive line is probably one of the least glorious positions in the NFL, but in this game, it's going to be the most important. But all in all, do you, like... Uh, what what matchup are you most excited for? Is it is it Bills Bengals? Definitely, I really think the Bengals are going to take it. I I just see them coming together more and putting more points on the board than the Bills. I don't know. I know this goes against everything, and I know that the I love the pairing of Diggs and Davis. Davis had a great game. He's kind of the guy that you don't hear about on the Bills, and I know that everyone's going to look at their receiving core and say it's much deeper and much more accurate. And they also have a ground game. And for some reason, all of those conclusions are still pointing me towards the Bengals. I just feel like the Bills don't seem as locked in. Yes, the Bengals played it close against the Ravens, but they felt like I was watching a close playoff caliber matchup. The Bills, it felt like they were kind of shaken up and just barely scraped by a regular season game. And for that, the the essence and the, the vibe of the game, I'm taking the Bengals. Interesting. All right, as we move into as we move into sort of our our next break here before we go to break, 
I want to hear, as it stands right now, between the eight teams that are left in the playoffs, who do you think is going to the Super Bowl? You go first. Chiefs, Eagles. Chiefs win 35 to 21. You had the Giants pulling the upset on the Eagles. I think I think the Eagles are going to beat the Giants. I just think that there's more of a chance out of all of the games there's more of a chance of the Giants beating the Eagles than like the Jags beating the Chiefs or okay. the Seahawks sure. beating the 49ers. Sure. I don't even consider the Bills Bengals game an upset because it's a 50-50 coin flip. To me, I agree. there's no not upset, an upset there. There's no, no favorites. Absolutely not. You know, it's interesting that you ask this question because I have it written down on the outline. But my dad and I were talking about this as we were, he was driving me back. And I said, without a doubt, Chiefs, Eagles, done. Wipe my hands of it. And the more I was putting together this outline, for no reason, because I have yet to see the Eagles play since that conversation with them having the bye week, I'm kind of feeling the Niners now. I think after I watched their game and I saw Purdy in playoff action and that was kind of the missing piece, maybe it's because I'm a Cyclone fanatic. To be clear, I don't like the 49ers. This is not a loyalty pick. I'm a Packers fan. They always beat us in the playoffs. But they have an electricity that I think the Eagles lack. And also, I trust Purdy in his health over whatever state uh, Hurts is going to be in. Even though at the beginning of the year I said this was Hurts' make it or break it season, I'm I'm kind of pulling for the Niners. I think it I, might be Niners Chiefs. Interesting. I don't know. I just I just don't see I just don't see the Eagles season with how dominant they've been. It ending on a I loss the to the Forty Niners. No, I, you're right. I don't see that either. I see the Giants beating the Eagles. Interesting. I'm pulling that. If it gets pulled out to you, Forty Niners, Eagles. I agree. Eagles take it. I right. see the upset happening this week. I know. Interesting. That would be a fun. Let me tell you what. If you would have asked me at the beginning of the season if it would have been possible for a Giants Niners NFC Championship game, I would have been like, "Are you living in 2012? What, is it going to be Eli Manning versus Colin Kaepernick? What are we doing here?" But it has been the season of the most unexpected, and every team has the fair shot because every team's equally great and also terrible sometimes. Uh, I think the Chiefs. Wacky? I think the you Chiefs. You might even call it wacky. I, I, don't know. I think there's a massive inequality, and that is the Chiefs being better than every other team in the NFL. That feels a little biased. Uh, whatever. Anyway, before we kick it to break, one last question: Do we think Rihanna will have any surprise guests during her halftime performance? Jay Z. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, for Umbrella? Yes. Yes. Oh, and, and that would be cool. What's his face? Spider-Man, uh, his name's escaping me. Spider-Man? No, who played him? The actor, the British guy. Tom Holland? Tom Holland. What are you talking about? <laughs> you know the lip sync battle? The oh, lip sync battle yeah. when he comes out as Rihanna, the rain, the umbrella, he comes out for that game. I think I would, pr- I think I would think that somebody slipped an illicit substance into whatever Super Bowl-like wings I'm eating or something. Like, I'd be like, this is not happening right now. I need to go to a doctor if also, that happens. Jay-Z helped Rock Nation. His company, Rock Nation, helped secure Rihanna's bid for the Super Bowl. True. I think I could see him coming up as a special guest. Out of the floor. I feel like he's an out, <laughs> out of the floor. Out of the floor? Yeah. That'd be crazy. I think I think ASAP Rocky is going to show some support for his baby mama, you know. They got a he's song together. He's got to take care of the kid. The kid, them are going to be in the stands, I feel like. Oh, that's true. They're rich enough. They can get a babysitter. They can have Jay-Z watch the kid. Can we get the kid on stage? Isn't he like eight months old? It's like a baby, That would right? be cute. That'd be very cute. Be However, horrible. you got to put earring protection on kids that oh, young. Oh, of course. Oh, Rihanna's concerts. on top of it. Rihanna's on top of it. Of course. It. She seems like a good mom. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we're going to we're gonna kick it to one last break, and then we're going to talk about, you know, the fun stuff we did over break. This is Mixed Doubles on KCOU 88.1 FM.
If you think superheroes like me can fight all your battles for you, think again. Voting for your local, state, and federal representative lets you choose who's on your side in all the issues we face today. From the little ones to the really big ones, too. But before you can vote, you need to register. So do it now. For registration forms or information on how to register, visit your local participating video store. Have a voice in your future. Register. And vote. <laughs> and Tom Spider-Man sent you. Hopefully we aren't walking a lonely road on this uh, on this radio show. Hopefully we've got a couple people listening. Hopefully, I I don't know. That sounded really that sounded really like I forget like Jerry? pick me boy. That sounded very pick me boy. Please listen to our show. Hopefully there are people listening. I'm kind of on the opposite end. I always forget people are listening. Uh, that is true. I have a lot of fun here, no matter who's listening. I oh my gosh. Okay. Anyway, um, we're gonna do. <laughs> That's what Blaze. I could sorry. tell is trying to like. Go on another thought, and then he's like, "No, no." Yeah. Anyway, back, uh, we're about back. to go. We're, we're gonna play a fun little game. It's called "Best Thing I Saw." Just you know, sort of catch up over break. So, Abigail, what's the uh, best sporting event that you saw? Even though we lost, I have to say, the Packer game was hey, so against fun. the Lions. Against the Lions was that was so a very, fun very to watch. Fun game. I was so excited all weekend. I started this season with a little bit of hope. I lost all hope in the middle of the season, and then by the end, I was like. What in the world? It, like six or seven teams needed to lose in week 17 for us to even get that opportunity. I was just jazzed. I got to watch it with my family, which made it super cool, even though we lost. And I was bitter, and I was sending a lot of sad texts. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I think I sent you one as well. I turned on our sport group chat, of which Blaze is a member, and I was like just kind of spewing all of my bitter whatever but it was still a good game and it was still fun to watch with my family i concur um i personally think the best sporting event i watched was half watched was the jags chargers game i was over at my friend's house and after the second half we were like yeah this game's over and so we started playing pga 2k 23 and then i checked my phone and i was like uh-oh jag scored uh-oh jag scored uh-oh jag scored <laughs> and finally i'm like guys we have to stop playing golf we got to turn this game on and i'm so glad that we did cuz it was a banger all right abigail best movie you saw i watched amsterdam it's on netflix it has margot robbie christian bale it's about world war ii or excuse me right before right at between world war one and world war ii kind of loosely based on a true story of these characters who are trying to kind of stop the plot for nationalism like German nationalism that's on the rise in America. And it's a slower-paced movie. We all agreed it could probably have been about 25 minutes shorter. But it's really cool, and the editing is awesome, and I will watch anything with Margot Robbie and love it, and highly recommend. Plus, I'm a history buff. It was kind of an interesting story. Good prevails in the end. So, Amsterdam, that's my rec. Let's go. I love it when what good prevails. What was that? What was that? Sorry. Uh, are they British? 
No, they're American. <sighs> Never mind. <laughs> uh, I watched Avatar 2 in 3D. Did you like it? Oh, I loved it. It was probably one of the best, vi- visually one of the best movies I've ever seen. I watched it in 3D. I thought I was in the ocean for most of it. It was pretty fun. Wow. Uh, best TV show that you started? I just started Friends with my roommate. I've watched like random episodes of Friends, but I've never watched it all the way through. Like I never knew that Rachel wasn't a friend in the beginning, or like wasn't a roommate in the beginning. Yeah. So suddenly a lot of the plot lines are clicking, and it's kind of fun. Interesting. I I remember my first time watching Friends. It was really fun. Oh. Uh, awesome. I I started Big Brother Three, which is a season <laughs> of a reality TV show. It's raw. It's real. It's raw. It's raw. Like it's like it's like. I, it doesn't feel like it's got like the fakeness of like an actual reality TV show. Like it feels real. It's really, really it's good. Real, dude. It's really real, dude. Best song that I li- best song that you listen to. Victoria's Secret by Jax. I love Jax. She was a what? I hate that song <gasps> so much. I'm not gonna lie to you. Are you kidding? I think that is one of outside of the Megan Trainer song oh. and that I'm Blue song. I hate that song so much. You've got to be kidding me. I love Jax. Her songwriting ability is amazing. Plus, she's an American Idol alum. Oh, no, no, Please, I'm so insulted. I'm sorry. I just, I hate, I hate her songs. Plus, she's taking down, like, an, like, a conglomerate. We all know that Victoria's Secret's bad. It's like shouting into, like, an echo tunnel. Did you know that he was made by a dude from Ohio? Did you know that? Yes, I also know that the dude died, like, 40 years ago. She's not dissing anybody anymore. He's already, like, in the ground. (gasps) You are terrible. (laughs) I'm sorry. I hate to be, I hate to be like that. I know it's got a good message, and I'm sure. And it's just, like, fun. It's a good, like, angsty like i'm on my run like you know to me to me to me it's all just hey olivia rodrigo's doing this thing let's all just do it too (gasps) you did not just put her (laughs) on olivia rodrigo's level she is so she stands alone no no she does not what are you saying that she's better than olivia rodrigo no you're joking you're joking i'm not her songwriting and she's a philanthropist she advocates for women she's all over tiktok with these ad like just female empowerment she's cool she's got a raspy voice i can't do this anymore what's your favorite song some country or some kendrick lamar no uh actually the new miley cyrus song is really good flowers yeah i haven't listened yet it's really good well anyway we're we're running short on time we can continue this discussion later oh we will will. (laughs) this was mixed doubles you can tune in every week wednesday at 2 p.m um or you can check us out on spotify and apple music under and rate us on spotify and rate us on spotify please please but yeah we're gonna we're gonna get out of here um before i like i'm about to have a heat stroke in here i'm not gonna lie i'm really hot right now in my giant hoodie. I'm sorry. Um, anyway. That's um, what happens when yeah. you take down Jax. Whatever. Thank you guys so much for listening. <laughs> this is Take Me Home by Pink Panthers, and this was Mixed Doubles on KCOU 88.1 FM.